What's on the menu? Once you research the rules and regulations and license costs for your area, it's time to work on your menu. All this week we're talking about everything from cooking and portioning and procedures and equipment for all of your food on your food truck on 10-Minute Food Truck Training. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to 10-Minute Food Truck Training. My name is Bill Moore, founder of foodtrucktraining.group. All this week, we're talking about menu, from determining your menu to costing to equipment to portioning. So first things first, let's do just a tiny bit of research in your area. All this week, I'm going to stick with the basics for examples, but just realize you're only limited by your health department license and your own cooking ability. No matter what food you sell, the same method of costing and controlling is going to work for you. The first thing we want to do is determine exactly what you are going to sell. Most vendors tend to add too many different types of food and too many ingredients to effectively manage in the limited space of a food truck. I cannot stress enough, keep things simple. Having a fryer doesn't mean you should sell every possible fry food you can think of. You simply won't have the storage space or the cooking capacity to be able to deliver all that different kind of food in a quick manner for your guests. Here's a pro tip for you. A larger menu does not equal larger sales. Edit yourself during this process of developing your food business. You can always add your menu later, after you've gotten really good at what menu you do start with. Start simple, and then get good and add more later. For example, Wendy's very first menu was burgers, chilies, fries, sodas, and chocolate frosties. That was it. Then after they got really good at what they were doing, they added on more things like all the different chickens they have. They have the deep fried chicken, they have the grilled chicken, they have the spicy chicken, they have all the different salads, baked potatoes, and now they got different kinds of frosties. But they gave themselves time to get good at delivering their main core menu. So what you want to research, since we talked about research a few seconds ago, you're going to research things about your area and street food in general in your town. You want to find out what's missing from the street vending scene in your town. There's going to be some food or some cuisine that is missing that you may have expertise in. What is currently being sold that you already have a better menu and a better recipe for? What are the current prices in your area? You need to know that and you need to know the common foods, what their prices are. Common foods being things like sodas and chips and hot dogs, french fries, hamburgers, tacos, the staple foods for a food truck. Get an idea of what those things are selling for. Who's the weak link in street vending in your area? It's a vendor that has poor reviews or low health scores, they have spotty service, they're inconsistent operating hours, they're closed more frequently than they're open. Think about what would you love to sell? What would excite you to get up every morning and cook and be able to sell that to people and have them enjoy your food? What kind of foods are you already good at? Where can you source the ingredients for all your food? Think about will your menu excite people and encourage them to buy? And most importantly, consider things like storage equipment, where you're going to be able to put your food before you even start to prep it. So we're talking about dry storage, 
frozen storage, refrigerated storage. You want to think about the types of tools and utensils you would need to do the prep work, cutting boards and knives and, and other kind of food processing machines. So you're just into prep work now. Then once it's prepped, you got to think about where am I going to cook it? Is it going to be on a flat top grill, a charbroiler, a griddle, a fryer, a wok, a pressure cooker, a rice cooker? How are you cooking your food? And then once it's cooked, where are you going to hold it? How's it going to be held? Dry heat, moist heat, in an upright container, in a unheated container? Is it going to be in a steam table? So you need to think about how food's being held and then think about what portioning and serving utensils you're going to need. You're talking about ladles and scoops and slotted spoons and spatulas and scrapers, all those different kind of things. So what I'm going to do is take a simple product and go through what it takes to source, portion, cook, and price it. Okay, I'm going to take a simple product like a hamburger. And we're going to go through every step to source, portion, cook, and price a hamburger. That's my favorite food. So let's start with the basics. A recipe. We're going to name it. Whatever you want to name your food is up to you, but you got to start somewhere. So you're going to write down cheeseburger. And then think about what goes into the cheeseburger. Just ingredients. Don't worry about the portioning and all that right now. Just what does it take to make a delicious cheeseburger? Obviously, we need a bun. We need a burger. We need mayonnaise, ketchup, mustard, pickles, onions, tomato, lettuce, cheese. We're going to need some type of seasoning for the meat. So there's all our ingredient list. Do the same for whatever your product is. If you're selling tacos or you're selling you know, a curry, whatever the product is, list the ingredients. Don't worry about the recipe just yet. Just the ingredient list. So once you got all the ingredients down, you got to figure out the details. Like for our burger, one of the details would be what size is the patty going to be? Is it going to be a third pound, a quarter pound, a 10 to 1 patty? What size is it going to be? And the size of the patty dictates the size of the bun. You can go slider size down to that two, two and a half inch bun. You can have the big frisbee size six inch bun. Doesn't matter what your choice is. You just want to make sure you understand so you can source those particular ingredients. Then you got to think about the meat. Is it going to be fresh? Is it going to be frozen? Is it going to be a recipe? Is it going to be just straight ground beef? Is it going to be a mix of ground beef and pork and bacon? What is the recipe for the meat itself going to be? And then again, is it stored fresh? Is it brought in frozen? What's the cooking equipment going to be? A grill or a flat top? Or are you going to use some other method? You're going to bake it in an oven. What temperature are you going to use? 325 to 350 is common, but you can go higher or lower. How long is it going to cook? What are the signals to know when the burger's ready to be turned. What are the signals that you need to look at to be able to tell the burger is done? And you want to write those things down. The reason you want to write them down is so that you're solidifying in your mind your recipe and your procedure so that you'll do it time after time after time the exact same way. Plus, you'll have a written record when you go to train somebody so they'll be able to eventually get as good as you are at serving that particular product. If you don't have written procedures and you don't have written recipes, it's anybody's guess as to what product is going to end up like. You're going to think about things about how long is it held for? Is the bun steamed? Is it toasted? Or is it room temperature? Where are the condiments held? Are they cold? Are they room temperature? Are some of them warm? How are they applied and how much of each? And you want to get that down to the part of an ounce. And I've seen so many food trucks do this. They look at a, a product like a burger and they go, eh, I'll just throw in a dollar for all the condiments. And then they move on. So the recipe is a dollar's worth of condiments, a bun, and a burger. Does that make any sense to you? Can you possibly price that to make money just arbitrarily saying, ah, eh, they all cost a dollar? If it's not important enough to you to figure out the exact cost, you will not make as much money as you possibly can. That's a guarantee. And you'll be inconsistent with the product that you deliver. The product you make tonight 
right before you close will be significantly different than the one you make next week when you open because you don't have a written procedure to follow and you're not making yourself care enough about your food to do it right for your recipes. Think about how you're going to wrap that product. Is it going to be boxed? Is it going to be wrapped? Is it going to be plated in an open food boat? How are you presenting that food? And then think about additional things that you need, like napkins and utensils and salt and pepper packets. Are you going to use a carryout bag? Are you going to use the disposable trays? How is the food getting given to your guests? You'll need to follow the same process for every product you plan on cooking. Every product that you put on your menu will have the same process. Ingredients and then tying into the portioning and tying into the cooking and the holding process. What this does for you is it creates your shopping list of food and paper and equipment for your entire menu. Once you got your menu figured out and you got it written down with your procedures and how you want it to be presented, you want to do some testing. The testing will help you to modify the portion amounts. What you think is a perfect amount of mayonnaise on a sandwich may or may not be the correct amount. Just because you like it doesn't mean everybody else will. It's the same with anything you're going to apply to any food. You have your own personal favorites, which you will tend to put more of those on a particular product because you love it doesn't mean everybody else does and you need to be able to test that with folks that are going to give you honest opinions. So you want to test your products on folks that are going to give you that honest opinion. Rely on co-workers or church members or PTA members, high school sports teams, anybody other than friends and family. Because friends and family are either going to do one of two things. They're going to be super supportive and tell you how awesome you are when you may not be. Or they're going to be so negative against you wanting to start a food truck that you're going to tell you how awful everything is so that you'll be discouraged and not get into the business. So you want somebody that's going to give you honest feedback. People that don't have an emotional tie to you. The reason you want to test all of your food and then tweak your recipes is because you may discover that your recipe, your family's tastes, aren't necessarily what the community would like to taste. Or it could be that the recipe amounts are not going to be affordable for you to deliver it the way that you want. You need to find that out now so you can tweak things and you want to find that out before you actually start selling to the public. You want to create an anonymous survey if you're going to ask for feedback. When you set up your survey, you want to set up a sliding scale so people can rank it, you know, 1 to 5, 1 to 10, whatever makes sense to you. And then ask them things like the quality of the food. Is it hot enough? Is it fresh enough? Is it tasty enough? Is it flavorful enough? How would you rank that 1 to 10? Does it have the proper amount of sauces and other condiments? Does it have the proper amount of lettuce and tomatoes and pickles and onions? If I were to sell this product at this particular price point, would you consider that too high, too low, or just right? Are all the condiments and all the presentation, does it look like a good value to you for the proposed price? Do you think this price is competitive with other places you'd normally go out to eat? Think of questions that you need answered and then edit yourself down to, again, five to eight, maybe 10 at the most. Because what you're going to find is the more questions you ask, the more rushed people are going to be. And they may not give you accurate or honest feedback. So after we've done our testing, we're going to take our product and refine the recipe and figure out exactly how much of each thing that we're going to put on that sandwich. So in our case, we're going to take that burger. We're going to call it a quarter pound hamburger. It's going to be an all beef patty. We're going to have one slice of American cheese. It's going to be on a potato roll. And also during the testing, we tried different amounts of mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato, ketchup, pickle, onion, and mustard, and we came up with the perfect amount. So our recipe now reads one bun. It's a potato bun. One quarter pound hamburger patty, all beef. Mayonnaise, one ounce. Ketchup, three quarters of an ounce. Mustard, 0.67 of an ounce, so two thirds of an ounce. Pickles, four pickles. Onion rings. We are putting them on as full rings. We're putting four 
per sandwich. One tomato slice, and that's a beefsteak tomato slice, so it covers the whole of the meat patty. We're putting one ounce of lettuce that's going to be an eighth inch shredded lettuce, which is a very fine shredded lettuce, so lots of crispy, crunchy bits. One slice of American cheese at a 120 count. Restaurant cheese is packed by count in a five pound sleeve. The lower the count number, the thicker the cheese. So a 120 count is a thicker cheese than a 140 or a 160 count. Seasoning, don't forget the seasoning. Salt, pepper, garlic, whatever your seasoning is, you're gonna put a portion amount there. In our case, it'll be 0.02 of an ounce. A very minuscule amount, measurement wise, but those little minuscule amounts add up when you sell a thousand hamburgers a year or 10,000 hamburgers a year. So don't forget the seasoning. Being this detailed helps you to know exactly how much something costs you and in turn how much you should charge to be profitable. Tomorrow we'll get into finding suppliers and setting a price. If you're enjoying our chats, please consider supporting the podcast by clicking that support button. Every little bit does help. If you need more information or just like the camaraderie of like-minded positive people, join our group on Facebook. It's called Food Truck Training. The links are in the description. Thank you guys so much for listening and stay profitable, my friends.